0: What's up, family? Zach Pruitt here, and welcome to the Catalyst for Change podcast, where we help leaders lead better. This is going to be a special episode this week because I'm actually sharing a message I recently preached at Newport City Church, where I serve as associate and young adult pastor and talking about standing firm as a leader, and most importantly, in Christ. And I pulled some pretty interesting pointers from none other than King Nebuchadnezzar of all people, so I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let's listen in. So tonight, as I said, we're going to be digging into a story in Scripture that most of us are familiar with. And as I was preparing for tonight, knowing that I was needing to preach a message tonight, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came to my remembrance. Does anybody know that story? Are you at least familiar with that story? I'm sure you are. So that story came to my remembrance. And so I was reading through the story and there were a few things that stood out to me as I was restudying it. And the spirit Begin to just stir within me some new and and fresh things as I was reading through it with fresh eyes. And just as I was about to start typing out some notes and some thoughts and some ideas to try to bring in one complete thought for tonight, it was in that moment, literally had everything up and ready to go, and I was just about to start taking some notes, some thoughts, and in that moment, I felt the spirit within me tell me he's... this is, what it, this is exactly what I, I felt or I, I heard. It said, take your attention off of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and put your attention on King Nebuchadnezzar. So far up to this point, I have been studying out these three men, what they said, what they did, all of these other things. And then all of a sudden I felt that. So I had to go back to the word and I begin looking at that scripture in a totally different light. And so tonight there are things that I want us to pull from not only Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because we will, and their character and their responses and their perspective of the story, but I also want to look at King Nebuchadnezzar, because just as much as these three men teach us things and have something to teach us in Scripture, there are things that we also need to learn, from King Nebuchadnezzar as well. But typically, whenever we read this story, we always focus on the three men, right? Those are the ones that we study. We really, we, we obviously know who King Nebuchadnezzar is. We look at him, but I really have never heard of a story or a sermon or I myself have never spent a ton of attention on King Nebuchadnezzar because he's not the star of the story, right? So we just kind of read his name and we brush over it. But there are things that I want to bring out about King Nebuchadnezzar as well, because I think that we can gain perspective and insight just as much from him. And there are some things that he's going to teach us tonight. And so I titled tonight's message, Stand Firm, because we are going to begin to understand and learn tonight is that there will always be those around us that are going to try to push you as a Christian in a corner and tell you that you can and cannot do certain things. You can't talk about God in the workplace because it's not appropriate for work culture. In fact, even in my barber shop, it says no talking about religion. I can't even go to the barber shop. It's frowned upon. You have to be open to agendas around abortion and LGBTQ. You must follow these rules and these mandates. The, the list can go on and on, and I think you you well get the point. And as we see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow to what these demands were. But there are characteristics, there are traits, there are thought patterns that we find in King Nebuchadnezzar when you study him that we see in scriptures that are not only very dangerous, but we see them operating in the world and in the government even today. And as Christians, you need to be very aware of those who labor among you and to recognize motives of individuals. Now, I'm not talking about crazy conspiracy theory stuff, okay? I'm not, I'm not going there. But what I am saying is that this world, every single second, is progressing to the return of Christ. And with that means that the earth is dying. It's decaying. There will one day be a one world government. There will one day be the institution of what we call the mark of the beast. There will continue to be an uprise of liberal, liberalism and everything that comes with that agenda that will, for, that will force a world to silence and even persecute those of the faith. So I'm going to take us somewhere tonight. So we always have to be watchful. Of the world around us and there are characteristics, there are personality traits, there are actions and thought patterns by King Nebuchadnezzar that we need to learn from and take note of today. These are characteristics and thought patterns and personality traits of a leader or someone who has not stood firm in Christ. We're talking about standing firm. They are someone who has not allowed Christ to come in and do a work in their life and change them forevermore. So this is where we're going. Can I get my water? Thank you. So if you're a note taker, again, tonight's your night to shine. We're all looking at you to do the work. So I'm going to have several points from King Nebuchadnezzar, four, um, four specifically things from King Nebuchadnezzar that I want to point out. And then we're going to flip the script, and we're going to look at similar but opposite things that we see from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The first point that I want to bring out about King Nebuchadnezzar is that when he went to seek counsel and answers, from that, that King Nebuchadnezzar went to seek advice, and counsel from all the wrong places and never where his answers actually laid. Okay, so the first point is that he uses unreasonable resources for answers. Now, where do we find that in Scripture? That's in Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Let's take a look at it. It says, now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. There's his problem. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. Notice here how the king how King Nebuchadnezzar, when he had his dream and he needs it interpreted, he goes to the exact people that could not possibly actually give him a legitimate answer. He immediately calls on the magicians the sorcerers, the astrologers, and the Chaldeans, all people who are in all reality just like him in the sense that they act as though they have control and their title seems to insist that they would have control, but we learn that they actually have no control at all. It's almost an illusion that they put forth to make you appear as if they have control, but they actually have no control. It doesn't have any substance to it. And there's going to be more later on that. But notice that he goes to unreasonable resources for his answers. In other words, he doesn't even go where it makes sense to in order to get the answers that he needs. And this is what I know about people who are poor leaders and they have not stood firm in their walk with Christ. They always go to the worst Places for advice and counsel. I'm going to take us somewhere. Oftentimes, they may even know how to get the right answers. They know who to go to. They know where to find the answers, but they just don't because they don't want to hear it. Have you ever had someone in your life that you just got tired of trying to give advice to and you just gave up eventually? That's the type of person we're talking about. And this is actually a really important point Because whether or not he knew these people didn't have the right answers, I don't truly know. But when someone who is supposed to be king, someone who is supposed to be the highest level of authority, doesn't know how or where to get the answers, that's a dangerous place to be. It's actually a scary thought. When the highest person in authority doesn't know the answer, and they don't know how to get the answer, or who to go to for the answer. They're clueless, and so they start just calling in whoever they think might be able to give them some sort of answer. You're not helping me tonight. And the reason this is so important tonight is because we live in a nation whose government, and in fact, I would say probably every national government and government in the world, either does not know or at least chooses not to go to the one individual with all the answers to their questions and needs, but instead will go to the most absolutely unreasonable resources and means to find answers. And for them, oftentimes, what it ends up becoming is more of a political stunt to prove one way or the other, to, to form political opinion and, and um, the world opinion, to go one way or the other, to form public opinion, than it is about actually forming or finding an authentic answer to the needs and questions that they have. I don't care if you're talking about COVID or mass shootings, just like we saw this week in Louisville, if it's a refugee crisis, if it's the national debt, if it's world hunger, somehow no government in the world ever has a true answer or solution to any of the problems that it faces. And it's because they always go to the wrong places for their answers. They have not submitted to the authority and guidance of Jesus Christ. And when you see this, they go to unreasonable resources for their answers. They go to an extent that doesn't even make sense. I mean, did you know This was interesting to me, and I'm going to get political for just a second, and then I'm going to hop right back off really quick. Did you know that America alone has the resources and ability to end world hunger, but instead the American government actually pays farmers to farm less or not at all The American government actually rents 21 million acres of American farmland to keep farmers from using that farmland uh, for agricultural purposes. It's true. So global crisis after another, and no one can lead real and effective change. And again, that's, that's political real quick and now I'm going to hop back off of it. But leadership and someone who has not stood firm in Christ will always go to the wrong places looking for counsel and they will always produce faulty solutions to the problems they face. Because here's the thing, a solution by definition is a solvent In order to be a solution, it's got to solve the problem. It's got to take care of the problem. It's got to remove the problem at hand. But most often... The government in this case, or anyone who has not stood firm in Christ, is never able to provide a solution. They only provide a band-aid. They give you something to cover the scratch up, but there's still an infection that's trying to build up and set up and create another problem. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. And the fruit of faithfulness, someone who has stood firm in Christ will always shine bright in the life of a child of God. If someone has stood firm in their faith in Christ and they are truly leaning into the Spirit and being led by the Spirit and being guided by the Spirit, you will know them by the solutions that they bring forth. They're not going to be putting a band-aid over stuff. Jesus does not put a band-aid over the problem. He completely washes away the problem. He heals it. He removes it forevermore. The second point I want to bring out about King Nebuchadnezzar is that he was very much an authoritarian. Someone who is an authoritarian is someone who enforces very strict rules and very strict obedience to authority with absurd and unreasonable consequences to disobedience. And the key goal with authoritarianism is to remove and take away your personal freedom. These types of people are scared by your freedom of choice and opinion. They want to force you into obeying them and they will enforce rules at all costs. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, it reads just like this. Therefore, at at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forevermore. You, O king, have made a decree. That everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall bow down, fall down, and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. So we know the, the story of King Nebuchadnezzar, how he built this statue and he required that everyone bow down and worship at the sound of music. And anyone who refused to bow down and worship would be cast into a furnace and burned to death. Unreasonable rules with unreasonable consequences. It's a control problem. It's a fear That if I don't control you, you might not choose to follow me and do what I want you to do. So I'm going to make it so that you don't have a choice. Now, you may be thinking, because I thought this as well, this sounds more like a dictatorship. So what's the difference between a dictatorship and authoritarianism? Not much, but there's one big one. A dictator doesn't care what's best for the people or what people thinks. He just enforces whatever he wants to enforce. But an authoritarian, they actually care And they put on a front and the appearance that they are doing what's best for the people, and they will do whatever they have to do to make sure that they have a positive public opinion from the outside. In other words, anyone that looks out from the outside, from another nation or whatever it is, they look upon it as positive. This person is doing what's best for the people, but all of it is a facade. They are creating a picture. It's a false reality. And here's how you know a bad leader and someone who has not stood firm in Christ. They take control of everything. They don't do well when it goes planned, as when it doesn't go as planned. And they are always trying to paint a different picture other than what is really true because they obsessively care what other people are thinking. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time there. I'm going to keep going. We got to get somewhere. To bring in my next point, let's read Daniel chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And this is after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have already refused to bow down and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's statue. This is what it says. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? The third point that I want to bring out about King Nebuchadnezzar is that his first and natural response is rage and fury. He responds with anger. He does not desire to talk it through. He doesn't want an explanation of why you're not doing this. He doesn't want to try to discover and figure out if maybe he didn't make a right decision. Maybe he didn't make a good choice at forcing all of these people to worship. He did not care about any of that. And so he made his commandment And when things didn't go as planned, when someone did not do exactly as he said to do, his first and natural response was with rage and fury. Here's how you know someone has not stood firm in Christ. There is no reasoning with them when they are being unreasonable and their natural response to conflict is anger they are unable to handle their emotions and a fleshly response is quick to expose itself. Someone who has not stood firm in Christ immediately responds with a fleshly response, with their emotion, with how it makes them feel. Fourth one, last one. This is our last one on King Nebuchadnezzar and then we're flipping the script. So finally, the last point that I want to bring out about King Nebuchadnezzar is found in Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. And here is right after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego basically say, we don't care what you say or what you do to us. We are not worshiping your statue. And this is what happens. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Now a couple of things that I need to point out here. First of all, if you will remember from the previous scripture that we just read, if you don't, if you got your Bible in front of you, go back to it. But we initially, when, when he initially found out that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not obeying him, the scriptures say that he, that he called for them in rage and fury. So he was already pretty mad. But now it says that he was full of a fury, So he was mad before, but now his anger, his fury has come to so much to such a level that he is now full of it. Before he was operating and he was in rage and fury, but now he's full of fury. So much so that it says that his facial expression actually changed. His level of anger changed so much that you could see it in his face. So now he, he's not just mad. He, he's angry. And if I were down in southern Kentucky, they would say that he was mad as far. Not fire, it's far, F-A-R, mad as far. You know what I'm talking about. He was mad as far. I mean, he was lit up at this point. But because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not only refused to worship the first time, but they said, I don't care what you say and do, nothing's changing. You cannot do anything to force us into this. So they've refused altogether of what he says or does or requires. So King Nebuchadnezzar's authority is now in the balance here. It's now being put to the test. It's being challenged. It's being threatened. So what does he do? He says to turn the heat up seven times. He turns the punishment up seven times. Point four is retaliation. He goes against them and responds with retaliation in anger and fury because they have stood firm in Christ. It's kind of like in the workplace. In in most occupational settings, there is a strict rule against retaliation. In other words, like when an employee reports something, an employee says something is not right, something happened, something I saw should not have happened, and they report that. The, The rule states that if that that no matter what happens or who gets in trouble, that employee cannot be retaliated against for reporting what they saw. And here we see King Nebuchadnezzar. They have said, we are not doing this. We are not bowing down to this. This is not our God. We only worship the one true God. And so now King Nebuchadnezzar's authority is being tested. Therefore, his response is retaliation. And so here he says bring the heat seven times over and throw them in the fiery furnace so that they will burn to death faster and in fact they will begin to feel the heat before they even reach the furnace. How you know someone has not stood firm in Christ is they don't like being called out for their sins or when they do wrong and they will even retaliate against you when you do. How you know that someone is not standing firm in Christ is not only do they not like to be called out for their sins or their wrongdoings, but they will retaliate against you when you do. You better hear me tonight. People who are not standing firm in Christ often don't want to be called up and pushed to do better. It's their way and there's no way around it. This was the last week of um, the Newport City group that Sarah and I have been leading. And this week we were talking about putting on the full armor of God. In Ephesians 6, verses 14 through 17, it says, Stand there, there's the word stand again. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith which, with, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So you have to put on the full armor of God. If you're going to stand firm, you need it all. You must gird your waist with truth. You've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the the, the fiery darts of the wicked one. Your faith is what will cast down the enemy's attack on your life. And then you will put on the helmet of salvation. You're saved everywhere you go or else it's not salvation. You're not saved from anything if it's only part-time. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do right in all of this? What was their response? I have one point on them, one thing that I need to point out, and that's all that matters. One thing they did right, they stood firm even if. Here it is, just one thing. They stood firm even if, let me explain it, Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, this was their response, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. I've got nothing to say. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, just know this, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image with which you have set up. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had an even if faith. Even if you force laws upon us that I must go and do things that my commitment to Christ doesn't allow, I will stand firm. Even if you threaten to persecute me even unto death, I will stand firm. Even if you retaliate against me and make it seven times worse on me, I will stand firm. Even if no one else in the crowd is going to do it, I will stand firm. Even if all the odds are against me and it doesn't seem hopeful, I will stand firm. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment of someone who has stood firm in Christ. It is someone who stands firm even if. It was King David who wrote in the 23rd Psalm, he said, Yea, though I walk, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are. With me, your rod and your staff, they come from me, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And for him, he was saying, even though I walk, even though I am in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I know that he is with me. It was Habakkuk who said it this way in Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. He said, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation even if the fields yield no food and the land is in famine I will rejoice in the Lord, I will find my hope and my joy in the God of my salvation Musicians, you can slip up here. We're on the initial descent. You will know them by the fruit that they bear. And you will know a child of God by how they have stood firm in their faith, even if everything around them should have convinced them to do otherwise. And just like King Nebuchadnezzar, there are those who look in all the wrong places for answers. They like to take control over everything. They will operate with a condescending spirit. They will act out in anger and retaliation against you. And there are four characteristics, these are those are four characteristics of identifying someone who has not stood firm in Christ. But you, child of God, you, saint of God, must stand firm. And if you can't stand firm in the small things now, you will not be able to stand firm in the big things later. So stand firm in your faith. Will you stand with me tonight? This is our second descent. So, whether you are dealing with someone like King Nebuchadnezzar, or you're dealing with something else or someone else, whether you have previously stood firm, or you need to make that decision tonight that I have not stood firm and I need to get this thing right, stand firm in your faith. Stand firm in Christ. Let him be your joy and your strength, let him be your prize. That you are running after. Do you have an even if faith? Or are you quick to run and give up? Because in the day and the hour that we live in now, and in the day and hour that is yet to come, you have to have an even if faith. And it will be that faith that stands firm. And it, and that faith that stands firm will keep you until the end. But I want to point out one last thing to you tonight. Because after Nebuchadnezzar discovers that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not burned up in the furnace, in Daniel chapter 3, verses 28-30, through this is what we find out. It says, Nebuchadnezzar, he spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him And they have frustrated the king's word. And they yielded their bodies. They were a living sacrifice. That they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be cut up in pieces, and their houses shall be made in ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver quite like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So not only were their lives spared, and not only did Nebuchadnezzar end up having a change of heart, but these three men got promoted to a higher position in the land because they stood firm in Christ. And even this can be seen as an image of Christ, and an image of soon of, of what will soon one day happen with every child of God. Do you have an even-if faith tonight? Do you have a faith that stands firm no matter what comes against you, no matter what happens? You say, even if this happens, I will stand firm. Even if you do this to me, even if this happens, I will be true to my faith. I will be true to my God. Will you find a place to pray tonight and find that inner faith, that even-if faith, and ask yourself do i really have an even if faith because it will be that even if faith that takes you to the end and causes you to stand firm will you find a place to pray tonight? well thank you again for listening to the catalyst for change leadership podcast i hope you enjoyed that message i truly had such a good time bringing that message two quick things before i leave you first of all for all of you Spotify listeners, I know that's about 80% of you out there, you now have the option to be a monthly supporter of this podcast. All you have to do is go to the homepage of the podcast, and you will find a link in the show description where you can become a monthly supporter. So if this show is something you enjoy listening to and would like to help us continue to bring content every week, then that's just a great way to help support us to do that. Second of all, we are now expanding and looking for episode sponsors. So if you own a business or service and would like to discuss sponsoring an episode, that is a great way to support and have your company advertised as well. So just reach out to us via email or social media, and we'll be glad to get that going for you. That's all I have for you this week. My name is Zach, and you're listening to the Catalyst for Change Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders lead better.